0: Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to the disciples, be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly I tell you, He will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we celebrate Saint Paul of the Cross. He was born in 1694 in northern Italy and from a very early age as a child he developed a very interesting spiritual exercise. What he did was allow any pains or sufferings that he endured in his life to focus his attention more and more on the cross and the passion of Christ. And he did this even for very small annoyances he learned a number of things. It permitted him to gradually forget the self or not putting the self first in everything. He devoted his life to serving the poor and ministering to the dying. He led a very austere life and soon began to attract other like minded followers. And eventually he would found the Passionate Order of Priests and the Passionate Order of Nuns, and together they would have a major impact on serving the poor and suffering all over the world. This brings us into our readings today, particularly this very important chapter 5 of St. Paul's letter to the Romans, where St. Paul contrasts the sin of Adam and Eve with the sacrifice of Christ. What Adam and Eve failed to do was to deny themselves to suffer a little bit, which would be to not take the fruit that they so desired because of the command of God. They couldn't do what St. Paul did in his life, which was to deny the self, endure sufferings for the sake of Christ. So they gave in to the temptation, they took what they shouldn't have, and plunged the world into what's called the original sin. And this is what Paul is addressing here in Romans chapter 5, the contrast between the sin of the first Adam and the grace of the new Adam, Jesus Christ. Paul says, quoting from Romans chapter five, just as sin came into the world through one man and death came through sin, so death spread to all because all have sinned. Now he's referring there certainly to physical death because as soon as they sinned, they started to die, begin that process of dying and spiritually as well. Even more importantly, they entered into this darkness, the separation from God. Now, what the Catechism says is it tries to explain the devastating effect of original sin. And quoting from paragraph 404, it says the whole human race is in Adam as one body of one man. We are in solidarity with Adam. And by this unity of the human race, all are implicated in Adam's sin. Adam had received original holiness and justice, so he was filled with grace before the fall, and not just for himself, but for the whole human nature that we were to inherit. But yielding to the tempter, Adam and Eve committed a personal sin, and this sin affected human nature that they would then transmit to all of us a transmission of a human nature deprived of original holiness, that is sanctifying grace. So it's not as though we have committed a personal sin in the sense of we're born and we've committed a personal sin. Rather, we're born into a lack of what should be there. So for example, if parents somehow during the pregnancy were, let's say, addicted to drugs or some other substance that affected the health of the child, the child would be born with a human nature that lacked something that it should have had. Well, that's an analogy to original sin. It's not as though we sin personally, but we inherit a nature that is lacking God's grace. Paragraph 405 of the Catechism says, original sin is a deprivation of original holiness and justice. Human nature is wounded in the natural powers proper to it is now subject to ignorance, suffering, and the dominion of death, and inclined to sin, and this inclination is called concupiscence. That's what St. John was referencing in his first letter, where he talks about the concupiscence of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those are the three major temptations that we all face. They're not sins, but they are dragging us down, and we are tempted by them day in and day out. Paul goes on to say in his letter to the Romans that we were not left alone in our brokenness. Rather, he says, if the many died through the one man's trespass, much more surely have the grace of God and the free gift of the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for the many. So there's the comparison. For the judgment followed one trespass, brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brings justification. So actually there is no comparison. The fallenness of our human nature doesn't compare with now the grace that Jesus Christ offers us, which not only heals the original sin, but brings us to life eternal in heaven in the beatific vision. And Paul concludes by saying, where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that just as sin exercised dominion over death, so grace might also exercise dominion through justification leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's where we get the phrase, oh happy fault. Christ brought even more blessings than Adam and Eve had at the beginning, and we are now beneficiaries of it. Since that's the case, then the gospel really has application because Jesus is saying, we need to enter into this blessing because we have free will. We can be like Adam and Eve and say, no, I'm not gonna take up my cross or follow. I will slide into these great temptations. Jesus says, rather be dressed for action, have your lamps lit be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet, so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert. When he comes, truly I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. Well, that's precisely what we're doing here this afternoon. Christ has invited us to his banquet he now is going to serve us with the best meal possible with his own very presence just abounding in grace so we go from grace to grace from blessing to blessing because we have decided to follow and say yes and cooperate with that grace and now christ is serving us in the eucharist so our response should be that of the psalmist i delight to do your will o lord Your law is within my heart. And I have told the glad news of deliverance to the great congregation. I have not restrained my lips. I have not hidden your saving help within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. That's what we're called to do now, is share this great blessing that God has given us in Christ and bring others who are suffering still in these sins, these temptations, this fallenness, and yet we can bring them into this great blessing by sharing how we have been impacted by this grace. So let us pray.